Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to be discussing the upcoming new moon in the sidereal sign of Sagittarius, and this new moon is going to take place on December 23rd, 2022. Please keep in mind that on Astrology Now, we use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology, which is different than the Western tropical system, and if you'd like to learn more about the differences between Western and Vedic astrology, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on media and then astrology. Now I have a podcast embedded there that shares more of the differences between these two systems, along with playlists that can help you review the houses, signs, planets, nakshatras, etc. I also have a lot of YouTube videos available as well. I'm not super active on YouTube and I don't know why. I don't know why that is. I could easily put a camera in front of my face while I record these and also post them to YouTube. There's just something magical about hiding. <laughs> I don't even know if it's hiding. I just think there's something magical about kind of sitting here, staring out my window, letting thoughts kind of come to me and I, I process things. It wouldn't be as interesting, I think, if somebody was watching me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll try it in the future. Anyway, I have a few YouTube videos available. Um, I do plan to post more eventually. Maybe I'll post horoscopes there eventually as well. Thank you for holding space for me while I process this. I, I did. I had somebody recently tell me, I've had several people tell me throughout the years that I should be more active on YouTube just because it has higher traffic. A lot more people use YouTube than they do listening to podcasts, and there's a higher likelihood of people finding the content. I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know what the block is. I wouldn't even necessarily call it a block. I think it's more just like a preference, but who knows? Anyway, talking about this new moon in the sign of Sagittarius. Hmm, such a magical, mystical moon. And I've got to say, I wonder if anyone else is feeling this way. Um, I feel that we're in the midst of this deep culmination period. And I feel that so much is going to come to light or we're going to have the opportunity to see things in a much more clear way on a global level, but also in a personal way. I think that we as individuals are going to be offered this opportunity to really see ourselves clearly, you know, to see our desires clearly, to see what we want clearly. And also, you know, kind of coming home to that inner compass of truth within ourselves that we all feel. And I think that fear can really block us from listening to that compass. And really what I'm referring to is really the intuition, right? I feel that intuition connects our mind to spirit, to source energy. And I think that all of us have a source, have a connection to our intuition. And I think that it's never wrong. I think that the intuition is always 100% correct. But our ego, our rational mind, our desire to control our fear of the future gets in the way of that intuition and that pull and that compass. And it's an active practice to keep ourselves clear. And I think that the more that we trust that intuition, the stronger it becomes. 
But anyway, I think that this is an opportunity to come home to that inner truth. And so we're going to talk about that. Why am I saying all of this? <laughs> I'm saying all of this because we're having this new moon in the sign of Sagittarius. And of course, the sidereal sign of Sagittarius. And as always on this podcast, we also want to look at the nakshatra. The nakshatra that the moon is going to be in is going to be Mula nakshatra. And so the sign of Sagittarius is about truth, knowledge, it's about freedom, expansion, and growth because Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, the guru, the one who dispels ignorance. My friend Kaylee always reminds me that Jupiter also means heavy. <laughs> it's like something that grounds us in reality too. Um, Sagittarius is about spirituality and philosophy. And as we discussed on the December horoscope, Sagittarius can also be extreme in their belief systems, radical, dogmatic. Okay. So that's Sagittarius in a nutshell. And we are in Sagittarius season, according to the sidereal system. And so as discussed on the December horoscope, this is a time to really be focusing on these things, focusing on travel and expansion and growth and philosophy and spiritual development and globally we may be seeing radical actions, actions from extreme belief systems, you know, dogma, having a lot of control and power struggles. So it's something to be watching out for. So this nakshatra of Mula. Mula is the first nakshatra of Sagittarius. And, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. The most spiritualizing nakshatras are also typically the most challenging and there's a lot of reason for that and we can definitely maybe it'll come up in this podcast um mula is contained in the galactic center and so it has this connection to depth to mystery to mysticism the symbol for mula is a whole you know, or it could be a bundle of roots, but regardless, it has this deep, dark connection to universal truths again, to those mysteries of the universe. And it is contained in Sagittarius. So there is this intrinsic connection to seeking truth, seeking what's real, getting to the root, going deep. Mula people are some of the best question askers. <laughs> <laughs> they know how to get to the root of things, right? To figure out where things are stemming from. The deity for Mula is Nariti. And I think this is so interesting. So Nariti is a goddess. And she's, she is similar to Kali in many ways, if you're familiar with Kali. Um, Nariti is associated to annihilation, destruction disillusionment <laughs> she is the wife of a dharma she is the mother of fear terror and death so you know we're, we're kind of picking up on this vibe it's intense there's a destructive energy to it but the thing is also is that first of all her son's uh, fear terror and death or her children I should say they essentially uh, 
keep tabs on the sinners, so to speak. They keep people in line. So there is this connection to justice. And the interesting thing about Sanantana Dharma is that there's a lot of paradox and there's, which is the way the universe works. You know, I think that the universe is inherently paradoxical itself. So it's a great representation. Um, but Neriti, even though she is this goddess of destruction and disillusionment and, and uh, annihilation, she's annihilating what is no longer useful. She brings a massive reality check. She destroys, you know, she severs ties with what is unreal, with what is untrue. She actually reveals reality. She has the potential to reveal reality. And so she's kind of uprooting the unnecessary, severing ties again with what's unreal. So there is this destructive force, but the really important thing to remember in this, when we're talking about gods and goddesses, is that the tougher goddesses or the tougher gods, they're hard because they're breaking attachment of material reality. When we think about our attachments, right, the things that we love, when we think about getting attached to our work or getting attached to our body, our youth, our friends, our pets, all of these things, they have a finite quality. Nothing in material reality lasts forever. And these tougher gods and goddesses, they're harsh because they reveal the ultimate reality. And when we can see what is you know, true, what is all pervasive, what is everlasting, we begin to have a lot of our suffering alleviated. And so even though Nariti, she comes off as this destructive goddess, this goddess of annihilation, she's residing in Sagittarius. She's opening the door to see what is really true in this lifetime. What is real, you know? And so I think it's an amazing opportunity to remind ourselves of the fact that we are connected to infinite consciousness, that we have that deep intuition inside of us that's a direct connection to spirit, universe, however we want to call it. We are intrinsically divine by being a part of this universe. So magical, right? And there's actually something I'd like to read to y'all. I read this to the group in the Inner Knowing Vedic Coaching Program recently. It came up in a group call. It's from the Bhagavad Gita. It's chapter 220. The soul is neither born nor does it ever die, nor having once existed, does it ever cease to be. The soul is without birth, eternal, immortal, and ageless. It is not destroyed when the body is destroyed. I'm going to read that one more time. The soul, right? Our souls, all of us have one. The soul is neither born nor does it ever die. Nor having once existed, does it ever cease to be. The soul is without birth, eternal, immortal, and ageless. It is not destroyed when the body is destroyed. And so Nariti 
she has this ability to show us the reality. It's just like Kali, right? Kali is the reality of time, how time kind of has that um, all destructive energy. But when we get down to the root of the truth that we are spirit souls on this amazing karmic journey through time, (laughs) things start feeling a little bit different. We start approaching life a little bit differently. Our choices are different. And when we can really embody the fact that we are a spirit soul having this mystical experience on earth, experiencing karmas to assist us on our soul's progression. When we really embody that about ourselves, we can start seeing other people that way. We can see our friends as spirit souls on their journey, experiencing karmas for their development. Our parents, you know, our parents were assigned to us karmically. When they chose to have children, the little jiva, the soul that came through, There's some karmic connective tie. There are some sorts of, you know, a set of lessons that we're meant to learn together and to teach each other and to develop. So it's far more than just a parent, right? It's like this karmic contract. It helps us view them differently. I know I view my mother differently when I see her in truth. When I separate myself from the me, mine, I, I see her as an individual soul on her journey. Totally changes how I interact with her. So coming back to Nariti, even though she is intense and she's about annihilation and destruction, there is still this energy of Mula that helps expose truth with a capital T, helps us get to the root of reality. So I hope that that's helpful. I hope that's helpful in understanding the energy of the nakshatra because I think that when we hear how scary, (laughs) you know, we can kind of hear the intensity of the nakshatra. It can freak us out and maybe think that this isn't a good asterism. It's an amazing asterism when we approach it with spiritual courage. You know, when we approach it with receptivity to what we can learn. And so on an individual level with this nakshatra and with this new moon in Mula, I think it's an amazing opportunity for us to reflect on reality, (laughs) really remind ourselves of being a spirit soul, of being infinite consciousness, and to also turn towards that inner compass, that compass of the heart. And maybe there are things that we're confused about. Maybe we're unsure on certain areas of life on, you know, what we're doing for work or something in relationships or something with children, something with family, whatever it may be. When we really tune in to the intuition, when it's beyond fear, beyond anxiety, beyond attachment, what feelings come up? What messages come through? And can we be courageous enough to really follow that voice and follow that pool? Because that's you know, that's really deep spiritual maturity. And I definitely don't do that all the time. I practice it, (laughs) but it's, it is, uh, it requires a lot of courage. It requires a lot of grace. And so I think it's a great reminder for everybody. And I also want to remind everyone that Mula, Mula doesn't really offer comfort through material pursuits. And so this really is not the time to seek happiness or fulfillment through luxury 
or relationship, you know, sensory pleasure, sense gratification, like food or movies or maybe drugs or alcohol, whatever it is that we use to kind of numb out and find comfort. This is an amazing time to really seek comfort and connection in a deeper way. Going to therapy, going to coaching, talking to a friend that we know can really hear us and hold space for us. Reading books that really leave us feeling fulfilled. Uh, listening to podcasts, watching um, lectures, listening to lectures, anything like that. So this is a way where if you feel yourself falling off kilter or you sense that you're unbalanced, try not to numb it because this really is an amazing opportunity to kind of hit the reset button um, on coming home to ourselves and retreating inwards and training ourselves that turning inwards and coming home, that's where the security is. That's where the safety is. That's the truth of it, right? No one's going to be able to have our backs as fully as we can have our backs, of course, with that connection to our own source energy. So I do hope that that is helpful. So looking at this from a global perspective, I do think that there will likely be intensity. I think that we're already seeing intensity occur around the world. I think that leaders are going to continue to act in a really radical way, in a really extreme way. I think that religious beliefs are going to be a point of topic. Um, Ethics and value is going to be a point of topic. Mars, of course, will be aspecting this new moon as well. There is this 6-8 relationship happening with the karma control planets. So it is a time of obstacle and difficulty and calamity, honestly. And when K2 entered Swati, I know that I made a podcast on this. We had talked about potential natural disasters involving wind. I think it's really interesting. I've seen tornadoes be a point of topic on the news a few times lately. I definitely think this is something that we can continue to watch out for. So heavy winds, you know, vortexes in Austin. We had like a winter vortex. Um, Tornadoes, things like that we're going to want to watch out for. And so other astrological ongoings. I think that we covered a lot of it in the December horoscope. Mars is still retrograding and will be retrograde until January. And Mercury is going to be preparing to retrograde as well later into the month. So that being said, as we move into the next couple of weeks, we may get the early signs of Mercury retrograde, that shadow period where the electronics start going haywire, communications start going haywire. We may start having those technological issues and anything really online with social media, with emails. It's just a time to begin being careful as we move towards this period. Saturn is in its final degrees of Capricorn. And so Saturn is going to finally enter Aquarius in January. And so I feel that this is very symbolic. Saturn started its transit in Capricorn in 2020. And This has been a long journey, I think. I think that we've seen so much transformation and change with this transit. And as we move into 2023 and we prepare for Saturn to move into Aquarius, I think it's an amazing time to start 
reflecting on the past two years and what it brought us and what we've learned and what we've cultivated, what we've chosen to change or release or let go of. And so have that in the back of your mind as we start preparing. And this is something that I'll definitely remind you all of as we get ready for Aquarius. It's going to be such a different energy having Saturn in Aquarius. So I do hope that this podcast was helpful. Again, our new moon is taking place in Sagittarius in the nakshatra of Mula. It'll be at seven degrees of Sagittarius. So if you have any planets at seven degrees of Sagittarius, it could also be Pisces, Gemini, Virgo as well. Just kind of keep an eye out. There might be a special little intensity for this new moon. And this is a time to really focus on setting intentions. And it's important to remember that it can be for anything that we want it to be. This is a deeply personal time, right? The moon has this personal connection. So it doesn't have to be anything that we've talked about in this podcast today. And if there's been any themes in your life around following your own virtues, following your own ethics, what you believe to be right, uh, if it comes to your truth and standing in your truth. I, in my experience for me, there's nothing more powerful than really acting from a place of authenticity, despite if it could potentially make someone upset, if it could potentially lead to an argument, if it could potentially lead to some ruffled feathers or whatever it may be, being having that fortitude and having the courage to really be honest with myself about what it is that I'm thinking or wanting the direction that I'm wanting to go in. And then also having that honesty and that truthfulness with other people. I think that this is how we really start building a life of truth and authenticity, right? Because even if us acting in truth does upset other people, what we're doing is we're automatically weeding out the people who aren't for us. And of course, arguments don't mean we should weed people out, right? We should repair. <laughs> but sometimes when we're really true to ourselves and we uphold our own boundaries, it changes our relationships. It can change our relationships significantly. But what happens is that it has that energy of nerity, right? It destroys what isn't real. It kind of illuminates the disillusionment. And it helps create space to what is real, what is authentic, and help with our own path to that alignment. Because when we act authentically with ourselves, it's almost like, you know, holding a flashlight in the dark for the people who want to find us. The people who are meant for us are unable to find us if we are not being true. We can miss out on people, we can miss out on opportunities. We can miss out on so many elements in life. And so I think that part, I think a big part of the spiritual journey is attuning ourselves to that place of truthfulness and truth, authenticity, honesty. It's what Sagittarius is all about. But again, I, I also want to put an emphasis on the values Sometimes we can move through life and we really want people to treat us a certain way. We want people to be honest, upfront, transparent, kind, have boundaries, whatever it may be. Are we also approaching the world that way? Are we showing up the same way that we're hoping for others to treat us? 
Are we acting in alignment with a value system that feels true for us? This is an opportunity to step up our game and show up as a more spiritually mature individual. And I think all of us can always work on all of these things, right? I'm sharing it because it's a reminder for me as well. So again, I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you have some ideas on how to spin the new moon. And next week, I'm hoping to have a fun interview. If it's not an interview, it's just going to be me again. But I'm hoping to have an awesome interview that will help us get mystical and magical for this new moon. Again, if you want to know how this new moon may impact you personally, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. You can schedule a reading at innerknowing.yoga. My Instagram is astrology now underscore podcast, and I will see you all next week. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Bye.